because I really feel like movement is healing physically for sure it's good for you you know because our bodies are meant to move in those directions and not just very linear but I think too it just awakens something and I'm not saying you have to have like like me like a love of dance but I think that it just to settle something a little bit free that's Angie semi-professional dancer reluctant advertiser wife and mother of three she's a factory sleeper you wouldn't know she was a sucker for technique while chatting on the playground after school but once you get her talking about it her passion for dance becomes immediately apparent as is her drive to make dance performances more accessible to the general public i'm angelica stay tuned for my weekly chat hi angie hi Angelica, <laughs> thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties, a show where I celebrate my creative friends and get inspired by everyday art. We're going to start out this episode with a weekly inspiration, and we were just talking about trying to figure out what our weekly inspiration was. I think I settled on getting a haircut earlier today. Nice. It was very soothing and exciting. And for people who've been listening to the podcast, um, I chopped off my hair. It was like down my back. I don't know. What was that? Like five months ago, four months ago? Not longer than that. Yeah. It's, I've recently gotten short hair friendly and it's so nice. I love it. It looks so healthy. I know, right? Smooth. And uh, Leah's the one that did it, and I really wish I could remember which um, episode number she was. If I was a good host, that would just be off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, that was my hmm. weekly inspiration. What about you? So Van, my oldest, he's nine. He's doing like stroke mechanics at the YMCA. You know, I'm watching him swim and thinking, I wonder if this is going to be the thing that he takes off with yeah. or that he falls in love with because we've kind of tried different sports and uh, he goes willingly, but he's not fallen in love with anything. And I really want that for my kids. I want them to find something that is, you know, they're passionate about and that they want to go to and want to do all the time. And it's not just because I signed them up and I'm dragging them out of the house. So we'll see. It's kind of like what you have because you have dance that you yes. feel passionate about and excited about. Yeah. And you want him to have that same thing that really pulls him yeah, I don't know what it's like to not have something that this is this is what I do and this is what I make room for in my life. Even when I was young, I remember being, you know, going from like brownies to piano lessons to dance and eventually mm-hmm. my mom saying, you need to pick one thing <laughs> or not doing it all. Yeah. Um, so that was that. And I never dreamed that I would still be doing it this many years later. It was always just a you know, it was with my friends and it was fun and I enjoyed doing it. It was like an activity. Right. As opposed to like a job or a career. Yeah. It, I, I think I always thought, you know, I'm going to go to college, but I'm I'm not going to major in dance. I'm going to, you know, find something that I can use later or something like that, which does that exist? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Liberal arts. Yeah. So prepared. Yeah. So what is your background in dance? Uh, I grew up in Houston dancing and in the dance world, what, what you call a, a dolly dinkle school, which is just like ballet, tap, jazz. And so it's not like an academy, like the Houston Ballet Academy or anything that's super serious, but it was still good technique. You know, it was, 
it wasn't wrong. It just wasn't like there are different schools of ballet, like Vaganova and Cicchetti, which are very strict type of technique. And I did tap and I did ballet and jazz and point. And then eventually went to college. I went to Texas A&M for two and a half years before I transferred to UT and they didn't even have a college of fine arts. And that's when I realized I missed it. And there was, you know, very little in the way of dance in that city. And I, and I, as soon as I transferred to Austin, that's the first thing I did was seek out, you know, just even classes or somewhere to dance. And that's when I was exposed to modern dance, which Mm. is essentially all I do now. As soon as I got to Austin, I started dancing with a company that was kind of based in Horton Technique, which is kind of a a generation away from Martha Graham. You know, it was very inspired by her and her movement. So for a long time, I did these shows that were, you know, very technical. I was very concerned with being in that kind of shape and being able to do all that and execute it all. Uh Uh-huh. And then I think probably around 10 years ago, I'd started to feel like, started to dabble more in like, okay, improvisation and just kind of, I think Austin was changing too, as far as the types of performances. The the shows that you were going to and the choreographers that you were working with, all of those opportunities kind of changed. No, saying. I just sought out different opportunities. Oh, okay. I, for a long time, I just danced with that company. I was like, this mm. is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I rehearsed. I also didn't have kids, so I could be at rehearsal Monday through Thursday at in the evenings and Saturday mornings. Dang, girl. Yeah, it was, it was a lot, but it was because he brought in different choreographers and each night was a different one, so you had to be there. And so it was a lot of work. But, you know, when you're young, you have that energy and you don't have a commitment to your children or anything. And that was fulfilling then, but I cannot imagine that <laughs> yeah. now because once I'm home, I am home. Well, you have three kids and yes. ours are pretty close in age and mm-hmm. go to the same school. And that's how we know each other. So you didn't go to college for dance then. What did you, what is your degree in? My, I was in the College of Communications and my degree's in advertising. Which, oh. And uh, I actually did end up working in advertising, like mm-hmm. in post-production. So it, but it's not like it's useful. It was just a coincidence. Yeah. And yeah. so once you graduated, was your career kind of half advertising and half dancing? What was the mm-hmm. balance? Exactly. So I was dancing in college when I was at UT. And then right after I graduated, I moved to Northern California to work for a ski resort. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. I was really into snowboarding. And I can see this. I, uh, a friend of mine and I had gone to visit and during spring break and I was like, I'm going to come here. I just didn't want to start working right away. And I thought I would spend one season there travel during the summer and then come back and get a job well then I met Kurt who's my now my husband and I stayed for the summer stayed another winter stayed for the summer stayed another you know (laughs) um, but again I really missed dancing I I would drive to Reno which was a 45 minute treacherous drive on this you know the side of a mountain yeah in the snow to go take class and I did some shows just wherever I could. I, what limited access to dance I had, I took. And again, I came back to Austin and immediately dove back in. What brought y'all back to Austin? I was just ready to leave. And I left before Kurt. 
and then I, I started working. I worked at a um, commercial music and sound design house called Tequila Mockingbird. And again, we worked with ad agencies. We wrote mm-hmm. music for commercials. And uh, so I started working, and, and then he came down, and I, I don't know. We just, you know what happens, and all of a sudden, you've bought a house, and you're married, and yeah. you have kids, and now we're stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuck in a little house, just like we are. Yeah. So you take classes still, like... Mm-hmm. It, Whenever I can. In between your performances, just to kind of stay active. I need to be better about it. I need to say, I'm going to go to this class every week. But it's usually I wake up and I'm like, where can I squeeze in a class? Hmm. Whether it's, sometimes it's just yoga or, you know, something like that. But when I'm rehearsing for a show, I don't take class because any free time I have is eaten up with rehearsal. So I'm not in class as much unless part of the rehearsal is a class at the beginning. And that seems pretty physically demanding anyways if you're Mm -hmm. in a show. Right. So I prefer now at my age Mm -hmm. to rehearse during the day, which I've been able to do the past few years because I quit working full-time when I had my six-year-old. So I can take on shows that I know for the next four months I'm rehearsing, you know, Monday and Wednesday for three hours or something like that. I can build it into my schedule but I still miss taking a class where you feel like you've really worked and, oh, you know, uh-huh. and there's not a lot of stop, go and work on this, work on that. So there's a studio right over here on the east side. It's Austin Community Ballet, and mm-hmm. it's taught by a rotation of just ballet professionals. It's a very hard class, but it's in the morning, and I try to get that in whenever I can. Some of the choreographers that I work with also teach modern Sometimes on the weekend or, you know, mm-hmm. everyone, every season everyone's just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm teaching a class at this time on this day and they're renting space and it's just it's very casual that way so I'm not going to like a dance studio or something like that it's usually like you know some person yeah Mm -hmm. that's and they've just booked a space somewhere and you just go and you pay them you take classes quite a bit do you also teach any classes I don't teach any classes my own I've subbed for friends when when they've needed it and that's fine but it's a a lot of work to prepare a class and you really only get paid for the hour that you teach. Oh, In sure. my mind, it's just not ever been anything that I've wanted to do, especially kids. Yeah. And that's another reason I was like, I'm not going to get a degree in dance because half the people that do just go teach at a Dolly Dinkle school to children who yeah. <laughs> don't necessarily want to be there. And, and I think you burn out and it takes the joy out of it. If you're struggling just to make a living, you know, and you're not doing it for yourself, you know? Um, So no, I've, you know, helped with uh, running rehearsals and shows and stuff like that. But as far as teaching people from the ground up to dance, it's not something that... I'm super professional. I've got a cat rubbing into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) How often are you in shows? Oh, come Uh, on, cat. I feel like, let's see, this year I... In April, I did a show in Fusebox. Fusebox is awesome. It's now like an international festival. It's in Austin. It's every year. It's not just dance. It's like music, art, art forms that have no name. It's very Um. experimental and awesome. And a lot of it is free because that's their main goal is just to make it accessible. Oh, I love it. So um, I performed in that. and What kind uh, of dance? Modern dance, but... Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I feel like people get have all kinds of things in their head. It's not interpretive dance and, like, strange and weird and, you know, what 
a lot of people, I think, envision when I say that. If someone says, I play baseball, you know what baseball is. Mm-hmm. But if I say I'm a dancer, it's like, that could mean anything. Uh-huh. You know? And then I did an aerial show in September with Blue Lapis Light, and I performed with them off and on the yeah. past like eight or nine years. I've seen some pictures of you doing that, I think. Yes. I feel like a phony because <laughs> I don't, I only start doing it because the assistant director is a friend of mine that I danced with at another company and she was like we need another person on this trapeze and I'm like I'll do it that's awesome well it wasn't as easy as I thought just being on an apparatus and being contained to that apparatus was very different how is that choreographed so we work with the director she's on the ground and she'll say you know she'll just kind of direct vaguely what she wants to see and then we kind of have to work together to come up with what works because can only do certain things uh-huh and so and it's it's such a large scale production that only certain things work you know they have to be very clean simple big movement that okay. reads yeah so um the last few shows i've done have all been harness work oh. so i mean like a harness on the uh-huh. side of a building or at the long center of the columns or at see home those big stacks that's where this last one was that's but, so awesome yeah, yeah so the reason I say I feel like a phony is a lot of these aerialists who train in like the silks and they also train in the Spanish rope or lira they're in the studio all the time training and trying to get better at this and I have never taken a single class I don't ever <laughs> I was someone asked me after the show oh my gosh how much do you guys train and I just have to lie because <laughs> I like, again so like many hours they train because I had kind of gone into aerial retirement and uh somebody quit the show like right before it opened and they called me and were like oh can you do this and I had six rehearsals and then the show opened and it was super stressful but I feel like when you become a mom and you're working or doing anything I feel like your work ethic really goes up like eight notches yeah you've got to just do it you have to yeah I studied the choreography Mm -hmm. because there's it's really sophisticated when you're in the air because you're thinking about you can't think about the choreography you have to know it but the transitions and the wind and you know it's different every night because you might push off and feel like you can only fit in three flips instead of four so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot of on the fly decisions and (laughs) halfway through the run I was like what am I doing why am I not home with my children (laughs) you know is it synchronized? Are you like doing the same moves with everyone else? So if you only can fit in three flips and everyone else is doing four, does mm-hmm. it stand out? It doesn't out? really change it. You might notice it. But again, it's such a far away, large scale. No one's, you know, it's not like you're right up close. So okay. So much of Austin is so gung-ho about stuff like that. And I throw money at, at aerial dance and, and ballet Austin and, and things that is accessible to them because they're like, scared of modern dance I feel like you know like I feel like a lot of people think oh I won't get it you know or interesting and it's not I guess I've I watched so you think you can dance Uh so many years Uh early on I haven't watched it in years (laughs) but like when I was pregnant with Ansley I watched the heck out of it and so every time a modern dance came on I was just so captivated by it Mm -hmm. and I think I even took a modern dance class like postpartum I can't even remember. It was like in Northwest Austin, but I just felt like so behind, like trying to keep up with everyone. <laughs> and like, I just couldn't remember because it was like baby brain, postpartum oh, brain yeah. where I just could not remember the steps. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not that great at this. This is <laughs> a sign that like when I dance, like 
in a club with my friends. It's very different than oh, it's learning choreography. I've seen some awkward social dancing from skilled dancers yeah. before. Trust <laughs> yeah, me. it might not translate the other but way. But the brain thing, I'm telling you, I feel like that's also just, for me, age. Because that used to be my forte was I could walk in, you could show it to me, I would remember it. Oh. I, you know, I felt like it was very... Um, I was just sharp that way. And Uh now, like, if I'm going to go take ballet or if I'm going to do it, I have to, like, eat eggs, drink Uh coffee. I got to prepare my Get a good night's sleep. Yeah, you know, because I can't roll in hungover. You know, like, I just... Or same thing with rehearsal. I'm always, like, ready to work because I want to be there. Um, And it seems like your brain is ready to receive this information and you know the steps and you know kind of how to move from one mm -hmm. to the other. And when you're watching someone move... Mm -hmm. You can say, oh, I see how my body would do that. Mm -hmm. I think I had to do a lot more interpretation where it's like, what did her foot do? And then I spin which way? And so it slowed down any cognitive. Yeah, you had to process it. Yeah. I had a choreographer one time. She, I was actually in her class. She said she called it suburban dancing. When you're like watching someone and trying to dance at the same time instead of just like pay attention to you and what you're doing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like think about what you're doing with your body instead of just trying to like watch somebody and mimic them. Uh And it made sense. Um, A lot easier said than done, but it made sense. I think modern is my favorite though, by the way. Well, it's funny you brought up so you think you can dance because that's one of, when I was thinking about things we might talk about, that's, I take issue with that show. Tell me why. (laughs) Oh, I'm so curious. Well, do you feel like it all looks the same now? Yes. Yeah, it starts to all look the same. I feel like, and this is not just me, it's ask any professional dancer in Austin, it's very much like the Disney of dance. It's Uh all about like tricks and facial expressions and this completely contrived emotion from these, you know, young children who have have no life experience. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I could see that. They're trying to tell a story and emote really, really hard. Yeah, so when you say modern on the show... that's definitely just like contemporary dance or contemporary ballet. Like I have yet to see like a really thoughtful modern piece. Um, And it's all vague, you know, like how you define what, what dance is. But so what makes me sad is that the world sees that show and they think this is what dance is. And this, all these people are trying to win this money so they can mm -hmm. go to LA and have an agent and book these tours and these music videos and these gigs and it completely ignores the world of concert dance and oh. the history of dance. And, you know, every once in a while, they'll bring on, like, the Alvin Ailey Company to perform or something like that. But the myth about L.A. and New York is over. There's so much dance probably where you are. And you can move to those cities and work five jobs just to be able to exist there. Yeah, to survive. Right. So I'd say the L.A. world is more like what you see, like music videos and stuff, what those people are trying to get. But... And probably some level of fame yeah, is yeah, part of it. For sure. And I feel like for the people who really just want to dance and either, you know, there's a handful of companies that are mostly in New York that carry on the legacy of, of pioneers of modern dance like that have passed away. There's the Graham Company, there's Lamone Company, there's Cunningham, there's Ailey, you know, and they kind of keep their choreography alive and their technique alive. I feel like just look where you are, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause there was a time when I, um, I'm trying to think of what year it was, maybe 2005. I was ready to move to New York and Kurt was like, go do it. I don't want to be the reason you didn't go. Aww. And our um, executive producer 
at the studio where I worked, um, he quit. And so they looked to me and offered me the job and I stayed to do that. So oh, I have always been like, what if I had, what if I'd gone? Uh huh. But I really think I was, you know, I was younger and I feel like there's a maturity when I dance now that wouldn't have been then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everything happens for a reason, but I, I'm really indecisive. <laughs> I like to weigh my options, and I really thought about that decision, and then before I knew it, I was just still here. Yeah. Yeah. You've established yourself here. You have connections and companies that you work with, and it's probably, I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, relatively easy for you to find shows to... Yeah, it's real Audition casual here. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there are not a lot of auditions. Oh, you know, it's it's more like I think I auditioned when I d- I did cabaret at Zach Scott Theater like fifteen years ago or something, and that was like the first audition that I ever went to in Austin. Um, because it was then, at Zach, do you think? Yeah, they okay. so they had like a process, mm-hmm. um, and you had to sing and you had to dance and you know, but and then. Um, I, something for first night Austin I auditioned for and did, you know so it's very it's more like you get an email or phone call and hey I'm putting a show in this it's like an invite exactly are you interested yeah and like I told you before when I was younger I was like sign me up I'll do it you know and um I just wanted to dance and now I'm more it's not that I'm reluctant I just want to know more it's about how it. it's going to fulfill me yeah mm-hmm. so I want to know who else is doing it? Because I definitely have like my dance peers here, you know, oh, like who, I you know, like that. Exactly. Who I want to work with, who makes it worthwhile and fun and mm-hmm. enriching. And then, you know, what's the rehearsal schedule? Yeah. That seems like that would have a big effect right now. <laughs> yeah. Like. And, and if I start feeling like, Oh, I don't want to do this, then I need to listen. I'm trying to get better about that. And not just say, okay, I can handle that. I can handle those rehearsals. I should be like, yes, I want to go. I want to be there. So I'm starting to notice that more that I'm, maybe I'm getting ready to be done. And Kurt's like, whatever, you're not ever going to be done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is there an end date for dancing, really? No, I mean, for professional ballerinas, for sure. Okay, sure. Um, And, you know, a lot of people just segue into choreography. Okay. Some people, right off the bat, that's what they want to do. They have they have ideas. They uh-huh. want to make dances. That's what they do. I have always been the opposite. I've I have been so excited about, you know, what are you going to give me and how can I do it? To, how can I make it my own and how can I bring it to another level? Yes. And I don't just mean. For a while, I was really hung up on technique because I'm a sucker for it. I like to see it, but also just some humanity to it and some truth to it and just what can you do with it so that's what inspires me is when you can't wait to see what they give you and then what you can do with it because it takes it's it's homework too you got to think about it or you know it's not just do the steps oh I have to think about those things before I say yes or no yeah and so I've, I've gotten better at saying no Austin it's becoming less and less book a theater mm-hmm. have an audience come and sit and it's becoming more and more about really creative venues and really creative um, collaborations between, you know, visual artists and dancers and musicians and dancers and poets and dancers and all kinds of things. There's a lot going on and it's, it's exciting. And I feel like, you know, people like David Byrne, when he had modern dancers on stage with him at that ACL festival, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. forget what year it was, but 
I was like, yes, you know, like people need to see that it can be a part of, you don't have to just go, you know, sit in a theater and worry that it's too heady or you're not going to get a narrative. Half the time there's not a narrative. What does collaboration do for you? Does it inspire you to try new things? Does it Mm. like swell some sense of connectivity? Like what is it, do you think? Well, like I said, I think that it yields more interesting work because it wasn't someone in their head thinking, I want the choreography to be this and this. Mm -hmm. You are trying things and seeing what works, things that only you can figure out by doing. Yeah. So I think it's really, that's really interesting, especially if you're working like with, like in contact with other people, you know, you, you kind of have to be doing that before you know. Yeah. How can someone lift you or, you know, things like that. Oh, sure. And I kind of feel like if I were to move more into choreography, that's how I would work. I don't think I would be one of those people that would come in with a notepad and have, you know, every section of music marked out and I'm kind of a mess that way. I don't think, I think I would need to like, and it's a hard thing to ask people to come to a rehearsal and just let me work with you yeah. and see, you know, I, people's like, time are valuable yeah. together, except I'm going to be working something out with you as a mannequin. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and them doing the same thing too. Mm-hmm. So do you consider yourself a professional dancer? I do. I, I guess I don't know what defines semi-professional and professional, but I don't earn a living, but I get paid. Yeah. You know, um, I have done plenty in the past where I didn't get paid, but now I feel like it's a gig, you know? I mean, it's definitely, uh well, not always. Sometimes it's like, yes, I really want to be in the show. I really want to work with this choreographer. And a lot of times they'll say, I can guarantee you $500 or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but based on ticket sales, it might be more. And that's how many shows do you think? It's usually four Okay. It's like one weekend. It's just too expensive to to try and get a lighting person and a sound person and a production manager and a venue and all that stuff costs money. So they're looking at their budget mm-hmm. from a grant or the city or whatever and seeing what they can do. And yeah. that's the, the funny thing now about the venues that are getting booked, I think, is they're making it to where people can make more work, not uh-huh. just dance, but anything, because there's not so much overhead. Oh, I just showed February last year, too at the KC Gray Furniture Warehouse. Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) And there have since been like, even before that, there have been a lot of dance shows there because it's just a good space, but it's just like concrete, you know? So they have to bring in Marley to put down. and Uh What is Marley? Marley is like um, what's on the dance, I don't know what it's made of. Oh, it's kind of like like a spongy. Vinyl, Uh yeah. It's not, well, it may or may not be, it's not very thick. It's like maybe this thick. It's sometimes sprung underneath or there might be something underneath the Marley to make it softer, but it's just to protect. And cause you don't wear shoes and modern mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unless it's like part of costume or something. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of costs. And in fact, when you asked me for photos, I was like, God, I can't, I can only find a photos since we've been in the digital age. Right. I know. <laughs> and B I'm like, God, where are the pictures from like monkey town and fuse box and all these like, you know, art platforms, festivals in Austin and stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, there was no money for a professional photographer. <laughs> That's sure. why they don't exist. Yeah. So here's the funny thing, too. I feel like I've always straddled like these two worlds. There's like a pragmatic side to me that can't fully be like, I'm an artist. <laughs> you know, like I've had this a full-time job where 
half the people that I worked with did not know that I was even a dancer. And it's not something that I'm, that I just always say. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is that when you invite people to a dance show, sometimes they're put off a little like, uh, I don't want to go watch dance. I don't know what to expect. But it's different from when you ask somebody to go watch a music show, you know, like, oh, go see my band. Oh, now I'll catch you next week. It's not like that with dance because if you miss, I don't know, every single thing that I do is so different. So it's like yeah. sometimes I only invite, you know, my parents to see certain shows that I think they would enjoy or if Kurt's going to come and it's worth getting a babysitter and yeah. other times <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, no, you don't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me the next time you have a show, I would totally come. Okay, I don't think I'm making I, The only thing I'm doing coming up is a benefit show for Andrea Ariel Dance Theater. And she does, um, this is new to me too. Mm. It's called sound painting. And it's, uh, I think it started in Europe and uh-huh. it's really big over there, but it's, has nothing to do with painting it's more of a sign language where there is a director and it's it's musicians it's dancers sometimes actors Uh and they are telling everybody directing everybody and telling them who what and how like what to do with so we're all just standing around so the entire show is improvised really we just did one in june i did that last year too (laughs) in june at the museum of human achievement Mm -hmm. and um yeah, the whole, so it's live music, but, you know, and there's kind of some structure and palettes that she can call from, but for the rest of it, she does these signs that tell you, like, mm. you know, move this way, or long tone means, like, move really slowly and fluidly, or there's a sign that means, like, repeat what you just did five times, you know, something like that. So that was, that was something that was really fun for the process, uh-huh. like, to practice that and, you know, it just to, to make movement. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know what it looks like to an audience if hmm. that's interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been kind of some feedback. Some people love it. Some people are like, you oh, know, it just looks like a bunch of people mm-hmm. doing a bunch of stuff on yeah. stage. But so I, you know, like I said, I've dabbled in a lot of things. Uh, yeah. I've up until like the last year I danced with shiny ribs that band oh <laughs> like when they had like a budget and a big enough stage there were three sometimes four of us that just came out for a couple songs and yeah added to it and again like I'm like it's a gig you know yeah and totally how often a year do you perform then like how I'd much do you give to this now I do like three to four shows but you know, there are some that are big where you have months of rehearsal and then some that are like just kind of a, hey, it's in a month. I figure we can meet four times and knock it out, you know, something like that. So it varies. And I think during 2017, there's a girl that did, um, it was called 1111. It was a series of 11 performances in 11 months. And each one was at like a different venue, totally like off the beaten path venue she got a bunch of great press it got a lot of people that don't come to see dance Mm -hmm. to come out because they're like oh i can have a drink i can stand around in this you know out in this field and like you you said it's casual it's more accessible mm -hmm. and and then they're like oh i'm gonna come to the next month and i'm gonna come Mm -hmm. to the next month so i did four of those so i did did a lot that year so just you know i don't know but i (laughs) i'm like i guess i'll dance until someone's like honey (laughs) (laughs) until you stop getting invites (laughs) Well, and I told Kurt, I'm like, I keep getting these emails like, do you want to choreograph a piece in this show or do you want to put a piece in this show? And mm-hmm. I'm like, does that mean 
Oh, people are like, <laughs> is that a sign? Instead of like, oh, do you want to dance in it? Or yeah. Do you want to do a piece? And I really would love to, but I feel like it's more time consuming than performing because it's very easy to, to know that your rehearsal is this day and this day for this hour. But, oh, but sure. you know how it is. You don't have a lot of thoughts to yourself, time to have thoughts to yourself and to like really come up with something that's purposeful and not just about steps and you know at the end of the day I crash I'm just tired so I would have to be better about booking space somewhere and paying for the space and then just working on my own before I even ever rounded up a crew of dancers have you choreographed it mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean like I said a lot of the stuff that I do is collaborative I did some choreography for a music video you but it was like some did. little girls you know and the sound painting you have to come up with a lot of choreography to just draw from and that's funny because there was a time where when I started branching out and was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go to this class or start working with this group and would get to that point where they're like, all right, we'll come up with four counts on your own. But, and I'm like, <gasps> you know, panic. I someone's not telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I would panic and be awkward about it. And now it's it's totally different. Hmm. I wonder what changed. I think it's just a self-conscious thing, too. You, you know, it's not that you don't know what you're doing. I think you just... You're worried that other people are looking at you like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. And so I think I've turned inward a lot. It's the older I've gotten. I think I've grown a lot as a person and I know what I like to do with work now. Like when somebody gives it to me, I know what I yeah. want to put into it. Do you feel more productive being busy? I do. You had a note in your email about staying busy. I do. And that's I... what it made me think of. Yes, I complain when I get too busy, mm-hmm. but I think I'm, in reality, pretty good at compartmentalizing things and knowing like, okay, well, this is most important. This is what's in front of me now. This is what's important. And I'll worry about that when I get to it. And it's just trying to fit in the day-to-day like dinner and, you know, things like that. And, and that's part of the reason it's a huge deal now if I take on a show. I tell Kurt, hey, I'm thinking about doing the show. It would be, you know, when I did the aerial stuff, it's like 16 nights in a row of him on dad duty, uh-huh. which he's happy to. He's always, I'm lucky that he's very much like, I want you to do this because he knows how I get if you don't when I'm dance. not doing. Yeah. How do you get? What what happens to you? I start to pick everyone else apart and everything apart, you know, like I, I think I get real irritable and it's not about them. It's about me. I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I feel maybe just a little bit unfulfilled and mad that I didn't make myself go to class or, uh-huh. you know. So how do you get when you go to class? Well, class, I just feel good. My, you know, my body feels good or maybe it was really fun or I'm glad that I went. But when I am involved in a show with consistent rehearsals and it's coming together, I'm the biggest thing for me, I think, is perspective because all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't care if the dishes are dirty. I'll, I'll get to them later. You stop nitpicking because mm-hmm. there's something bigger going on and in, in my world. This is, again, all in my head and yeah. all in my world. <laughs> no, this is what I'm super interested about. Like, yeah. what dance does for you? Like I said, I enjoy the rehearsal process a lot. And just knowing that you have something going on, I think it almost feels safe to mm. know, like, 
I don't have to worry about what I'm doing with my life because I've got this going on right now. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I do suffer from a little bit of, what have I done? You know, I made, <laughs> I made three kids. Yeah. <laughs> I had a job, but it was really just a job. You know, it wasn't like you're doing, you opened your own business and you're doing what you love. I was just like working at a job. So it wasn't my identity. It wasn't fulfilling, super fulfilling for me. So I feel like I've always straddled those worlds and it would take a lot to be like, no, I'm just going to be a dancer. I would have to, you have, if to support a family, you have to be realistic and you have to do what you need to do. So it's always been kind of like a, a moonlighting thing, you know, mm-hmm. do it when I can. Is that pretty common for dancers? I don't think so. I don't like, I'm definitely in the minority because I have kids and I'm older. I've just made it a part of my life at this age because I kept doing it. I feel like a lot uh-huh. of people stop when they start having kids or, and I call bullshit on the whole, like, oh, there's not time or, you know, there's time. You just got to make it. Yeah. The staying busy, you, you fill up whatever you want to be busy with. Yeah. Or you say, I'm going to do this and you put it on your calendar and you, you go, yeah. you know, and you're always glad when you do go, you know, even if it's like dragging yourself out the door. Did you see any changes to your body after you had kids mm-hmm. where it changed? I think what after dancing? the second kid, my hips, I feel like they, they went out, they spread and mm-hmm. they didn't go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did that change how you danced? I don't think so. I mean, I've got things that hurt on my body now, but a lot of it's probably just from age and overuse, not just with dancing, but I don't think it changed how I dance. I think it changed how I was. In class, I was a lot more relaxed. I didn't feel the need to be like front and center or do everything perfect. I think I was just, again, I knew there was something else in my life that was bigger than at that point. But I think it probably had an effect on how I danced, Mm -hmm. not on purpose. In fact, I got a nomination, like a critic's table nomination uh, best dancer like when I was pregnant with Boone. (laughs) And it was probably because I was like, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't showing yet, but... We performed a piece, and the first time I did it, I guess I maybe I did know I was pregnant, but nobody else knew. Mm-hmm. But I think, well, it was also just a piece I really loved. One of those that I tell you, like, there's some truth to it with what you're doing with it. It's not just getting up there and doing the steps. And that's one of the things I don't like about those shows. Like, so you think you can dance as... They all try so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not really authentic <laughs> to yeah. some extent. Yeah. What do you think about dance movies? Like, like, oh, uh, what's, uh, I've seen all of White them. White Knights? No. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. Um, oh my what? gosh. What, with, um, Channing Tatum and, and Jenna doing Step Up. I didn't see it. Stop it. You haven't seen any of the Step Ups? I have not seen. There I didn't know there six. were more than one. But I, in those movies, I just assume it's all like <laughs> hip hop or ballet, right? Um, there. I used to teach hip-hop. I did teach. I told you I didn't teach, but I did at you the did Y. I forgot. A long time ago. Which Y? Town Lake. But before they had the whole, like, edition. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was a long time ago. Adult hip-hop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, usually in the Step Up movies, there's, like, a modern dancer or a ballerina or something, and then they mix it with, like, oh. street dancing and hip-hop and whatever. And so there's this, like, merging of worlds. Mm. I cannot believe you haven't seen it. Probably because it's 
disgusting the technique and like no and i mean she, i think she's a i have not seen her but i've heard she's a good dancer so mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure it's great technique it's probably just the whole premise that's cheesy right mm-hmm. oh but, yeah they are incredibly cheesy and each of them has like a different set of main characters mm. i think i need to There's... sit you down and like watch these movies with you <laughs> and like know. get an inside scoop on them i'm not a very good audience <laughs> member for that's watching interesting dance. It is. I think it's because I get really inspired by music. So if I'll just start doing my own thing in my head or thinking about how oh. I would do that or what I would do with that. Uh-huh. You know, if it's like a really long piece or whatever, you know, start to go in and out of paying attention. In the car driving, I'll hear music and kind of I can go to a place and think about what I would do. Or I it's, it's It's hard to take that from your head, though, or even remember what you were thinking and put it out there. Yeah, to like choreograph from your daydreams. Yeah, do you ever mentor? You wrote something in your email about encouraging. Oh, I, I don't know. I just want people to... I don't. There's never a reason not to, especially if it's something that's going to be... Like you were talking about doing this. It's just a way to make you tap into your creative side. And yeah. I don't know. I guess it just makes me sad when people are like, oh, yeah, I used to be in theater and I miss it, but I just don't have time for it. Or, yeah. Mm-mm. I, I know, I know. When I hear that as well, I'm like, well, let me encourage mm-hmm. you and, and mm-hmm. bring you back into it. And I don't, I've, I've not mentored any young kids, but there's such a different world with like the dance schools that are do like the competitive dance. And it's not that I take issue with it. The school that I grew up going to, we didn't compete. We did a lot of like performing. We had performing companies, and but we didn't do competitions. And I don't want my daughter doing them just when I see like the yeah. the costumes and the makeup it's very presentational what they're doing uh-huh. you know what I mean and I guess it's more about like them having fun and they can worry about headiness later but yeah there you're right though there is a huge difference between competition and performance mm-hmm. because the performance during the competition is to win and not like tap into what is happening in the piece yeah I never even thought about competing growing up like it wasn't something that I don't even know if I knew it was out there. Up until a certain point, you're you were very concerned with being better than. That's mm-hmm. just that just comes mm-hmm. with the territory, unfortunately. But even as a young adult, like I said, you know, before I had kids, like once I was with this company, or after that, you're just kind of out there, and you want people to like pick you for their shows, and mm-hmm. you know, feel the need to like go see other shows and be in class and be on the scene so that. People know you're still out there, and it yeah. feels good to finally be at a place where I'm like, oh, um, I'm over here if you need me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you yeah. mean. It, you don't have to play the game as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, maybe much. you never really did, especially in Austin, because there's a whole new crop of younger dancers that a lot of people moved to Austin for the arts and um, mm-hmm. or graduated from UT or came to UT for, the, you know, they have an MFA program now. And I, I just have not paid close attention so if someone were trying to start to get into dancing and they, I don't know, either do or don't have a background, what would you say to try and get going? Yeah, I say ballet is important, you know, no matter what other form you're going to go. I mean, a lot of people disagree with that. I just feel like the strength that it takes and all the tiny little muscles, and I think you can see it in, in anything, you know. It's a good foundation. Yeah. Sometimes when I've subbed a class, it was a contemporary modern class, and I 
immediately was like, you know, some of the people that came in there had no, no background. They just wanted, they, they'd seen So You Think You Could Dance mm-hmm. and they come in there with booty shorts and their hair down and they just want to sling it around mm-hmm. and do the moves. And it's like, but you can't, you got to have the strength first, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not even saying technique. I just mean strength. You got to have something to work with. I don't know. A lot of people don't like ballet, so it's hard, but I don't know. I, I have adult friends who are like, I want to get back into dance. And I always send them to cafe dance on Hancock because it's a very safe, welcoming, the Saturday class, the Saturday morning class that Kathy Dunhammer teaches. Um, she's great. As far as a child, it's very different because they see like ballet, tap, and jazz. Like modern means nothing to them until you get to college. If you study hmm. dance in college, that's what you're going to study. Interesting. Ballet and modern. Okay. Unless you're at like a ballet conservatory and they're only doing ballet, but you're going to study modern dance. And so when I went to UT, I wasn't a dance major, but I would go to the placement audition. They knew that. I would tell them that. But I would go to the audition so that if there was room in the majors' classes, they could let me in. And it was real refreshing because all those girls were, like, being adjudicated and, like, you know, and I was just like, woohoo, you know, I mean, because they have non-majors classes, but it's very, Uh like, an introduction to dance. So I I slipped it in that way, too. Really? That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. There are a lot of classes available. I think it's just pick something that you're going to keep going to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's, if you pick something and it's, you go once and you feel like it's too hard. I don't, you know what I mean? Don't pick something that you're going to feel so intimidated that you don't go back or feel so wrong that you don't go back. I hear you. Because I really feel like movement is healing physically for sure. It's good for you, you know, because our bodies are meant to move in those directions and not just very linear. But I think too, it just awakens something. And I'm not saying you have to have like, like me, like a love of dance, but I think that it just to settle something a little bit free you know yeah definitely oh that's beautiful I love the way you put that what else are you into creatively oh well I told you I've dabbled in instruments mm-hmm. I, like I'm what? not okay so in high school I took guitar did but it you? was I did but it was very short-lived because he started me on a um, classical guitar and the neck was so wide that I had trouble you're little you know getting my fingers on the the strings yeah and, that must have been my senior year because I went to college the very next year and I found someone with a guitar on my hall that, to teach me. And I remember buying like a guitar off of him, like an acoustic guitar. And he taught me just like little things here and there. But I, I would sit there and practice a lot. And I got some books. You know how you get into something, you practice yeah. a lot, and then all of a sudden you just stop. <laughs> so, And I did take piano when I was younger. But we have a little digital piano in our house now because Iris was taking lessons. And I keep sitting down at it and, like, going through her books to try yeah. and, like, rehash whatever's in the back of my brain. Yeah, and yeah. Is it working? Yeah. I mean, it's just something fun to do. And But, again, you have to practice. There's no point in, you know, having lessons if you're not going to practice on your own. Uh-huh. Like I said, I was at a music studio. So then I start messing around on the drums. Holy smokes, you've been all over. <laughs> Yeah, but it's very minimal. You know, I know a, a little bit about a lot of them yeah. and not a lot about any one of them. Yeah. Um, and the drums were just because I was around musicians and composers that could help me. Yeah. But I'm left-handed, so I would play the high, uh, you know, play like Animal. Yeah. The Muppet, you know? 
I feel like if mm-hmm. I didn't have to work or do anything else, I would just take classes like, well, I wanted to take sketch comedy, but you have Did to you? take... Oh, I'm planning to. Oh, (laughs) this year. I'm so excited. Well, I wanted to do sketch comedy, but you have to take improv comedy first. And I have uh, resources on improv, girl. You do? Yes. I want to take it at... um, Hideout? Yes, the hideout. I have interviewed at least three improv um, actors and an improv instructor, Rosemary Fretza. So Rose, it wasn't that long ago that I interviewed her. She teaches and she does Hmm. improv. I looked at the level one teachers. It's expensive. I think that's the only reason I keep putting it off because it's it's a chunk. It's not at all what I thought. But I have another friend that she was like, do it. It'll change your life. I need to practice the art of not giving a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be good. Oh, man. Keep me posted on that. Yeah. Do you have any shameless plugs? Any shows that you have coming up? Oh, you know, only that the benefit on March 3rd for Andrea Ariel. She's that's her name. It's not an Ariel dance. Company. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Uh, yeah. I know. It's poor it's unfortunate for her that Ariel's so big right now. The Austin Dance Festival is in April and we're gonna be gone that weekend and I'm really bummed. Oh. Mm-hmm. The choreographers that I work with usually are Sharon Marroquin and Ellen Bartel. Ellen, yes, she's got a um, piece in the show in uh, February at First Street Studio. Okay. We're at our last question. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? I told you which one I like. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, is this a new question? No, this is we, the, yes. the final. You settled on Indecisive Dance Maker. <laughs> yeah, I did. Which, I don't know if I need to go into why I'm indecisive, but I feel like it, that represents me too. I just weigh my options heavily, you know, mm-hmm. I... I should I do this or that? Or, you know, who am I? Am I a dancer? Or am I just this person? And, you know, I think it's kind of a little bit of an identity crisis. And the f- funny thing is, in the dance world here, I'm still Angie Johnson. That was my maiden name. Oh. And when I finally changed my name after I got married, um, I we had to turn in bios for something. And I put Obermeyer. And uh, a friend of mine, she was like, I don't. I don't know you as that. You know what I mean? Like, I know you as Angie Johnson, and that's, you know, that's what you should keep using for, you know, Mm -hmm. she was like, you know, that's that's who you are in this world. And I was like, okay. So, again, identity crisis. (laughs) When I got the the Critics Table nomination, too, I was, I, they were like, what name do you want? And I was like, oh, no. Who am I? What do you want me to put on this episode? Obermeyer. Okay. That's what you know me as. It is right? true. Yeah. I'm an Obermeyer. But yeah, I was like, well, dance maker is not truly appropriate because I'm not, I'm not usually choreographing, but I am making dance. Yeah, you are. So, yeah. And it's really it's... good alliteration too. I'm into it. Well, thank you, Angie. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Oh, I'm so glad. And thanks to our listeners. I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. You can find Angie Obermeyer Nay Johnson at a show in Austin this March called Sound Painting. Plie over to chattycrafties.com for dance links, photos, and more on this episode. Our introspective music is by Berman Swale, and the episode was hosted and produced by me, Angelica Norton. To help build a broader crafty audience, we'd very much appreciate you rating and reviewing Chatty Crafties wherever you listen. Now dust off your dance shoes and tell yourself that today is a good day for dance class. 
and go make some art. <laughs>